Welcome back to The Long Distance Work Life, where we help you lead, work, and thrive in remote and hybrid teams. I'm Marissa Eikenberry, a fellow remote worker, and joining me is my co-host and remote work expert, Wayne Tremel. Say hi, Wayne. Uh, hi, and yes, please call me an expert, and everybody immediately goes, <laughs> Okay, well, compared to me. <laughs> well, if we, but we, we have, the we're having this discussion about the fact that the minute you call yourself a guru, you automatically put this giant target well, on your back. Guru, ninja, those are a little different. Expert is a totally different ballgame. <laughs> but speaking of titles, uh, I wanted to talk about head of remote. So, you know, we see this under many names. You see head of remote, you see chief remote officer, director of remote. There's plenty more that I could go on and on with. But I wanted to boil it down to, let's just start with what is a head of remote anyway? What is a head of remote? Um, if you think about the unique challenges of remote work in an organization, Mm-hmm. There are a lot of moving parts. Of course. There's how do we hire and find people? There's what technology should we be using? There's what are the processes that we're going to institute? What infrastructure do we need? All those things, right? Right. And they all belong to different pieces of it. A lot of organizations leave all the technology decisions to IT. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not be With the decisions love, either. Love, to, love and respect to the IT people, but they should not be making all the decisions, right? right? IT doesn't really know and work every day with the same processes and tools that the sales team does, which is different than the accounting team, which is different than somebody else. And this is how organizations wind up with moderately okay tools because mm-hmm. IT is looking for one thing, one ring to rule them all so that they're not having to learn and support eight different tools and they may or may not be doing the right thing for the various business units. That's just an example. This right. is not to pick Yeah, up not that. a criticism. Goodness knows I'm IT too. <laughs> uh, but the fact remains that In most organizations, nobody owns this stuff. Right. It's nobody's job, right? Uh, And so you've got HR desperately trying to put policies in place, and you've got managers who are just running their little fiefdoms the way they're running their little fiefdoms, and you've got IT going, no, this is the tool you're going to use. And I'm probably going to say a lot of really bad things about Microsoft Teams today, Uh, Okay. But it's because Microsoft Teams is the attempt to find one ring to rule them all. Gotcha. And it wasn't ready. Right. We've talked about this in a previous episode. We'll go down down that rabbit hole, I'm sure. The point is that the idea of a head of remote, a CH, a CRO, whatever you want to call it, is a desperate attempt for somebody to take ownership of this particular challenge. And at the moment, you know, people stuck their fingers in the dam kind of as best they could when Mm -hmm. the pandemic hit. And I I always said, you know, before the pandemic, I talked to so many organizations 
that, oh yeah, we're putting our plan together. We're putting our strategy together. In the next six months, we're going to create a strategy. Yeah. And then they got thrown in the deep end and strategy was replaced by survival. Yeah, six months became six days. <laughs> well, six literally, I remember in January of 20, talking to a client, this big law firm that was very proud of the fact that by June, they were going to have, I think, 60% telework. Okay. As they called it at that time. Right. And by March 17th, it was 100%. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, this pandemic is kind of the perfect example of if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and so... <laughs> You know, everybody was treading water and thinking about it and doing the best they could. And some organizations are very nimble and fast and figured it out. And of course, smaller organizations have an easier time making those decisions than larger organizations. Right. Less people to manage. Well, there's less people to manage. There's fewer moving parts and it's fewer people with more responsibility. Mm -hmm. I mean... Let's just take the Kevin Eikenberry group. Yes. Yeah. 13 people. Kevin's name is on the door. Ultimately, he makes the big important decisions. Right. We advise and consent and do all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, we do the research. But at the end of the day, Kevin makes the call. Right. Well, you know, does the CEO of Chase Bank need to be down in the weeds about implementing hybrid work right he's going to delegate that to somebody else right it needs to be done but now who gets it is it the head of hr is it right hence head of remote okay and and so it's just a way of making sure that somebody owns it that somebody is connecting the human piece the technology piece the process piece the paperwork piece um you know there are things that most of us mere mortals never think about Mm -hmm. If you've got people in different states, how do you file taxes in those states? And what are the labor laws in one state that doesn't allow massive amounts of overtime in another? And, you know, there are so many moving parts as we move to hybrid work that somebody needs to own that. Now, you know, head of remote chief remote officer i mean anytime you put chief in front of anything right yeah. because some organizations have a vice president of hr others have a chief human resources officer mm -hmm. what that does is it's kind of like in government it's the president or the prime minister's cabinet when okay. you give somebody a c title you are ensuring mm -hmm. them a place at the table right yeah they're part of right? the c-suite now and somebody with that responsibility is communicating at the very highest levels. Right. That makes sense. So it's, and, and it gets a little bit crazy. I am not a big believer in titles. Um, you know, it, the, the example is always in the banking industry, you know, we'll give you entitle, a title in lieu of a raise. And so everybody right. in the bank is a vice president. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and, and a lot of organizations, people make up their own titles. I mean, we were making fun of people who call themselves. So, well, for a while. Yeah, I was were, a web guru. 
You were the web guru. That's what it said on your card. That's how we introduced you to everybody. That was the job title when I applied. So that's my sat around going, what what are we looking for? Oh, we're looking for a web guru. Oh, look, there's your job title. Knock yourself out. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, because titles don't mean anything to the rest of the world. Right. Kevin who is, you know, one of the world's leading experts on leadership, and it's his company. So he would normally be the CEO or the president. He is the chief potential officer. Yep. Which means nothing to anyone else. I have busted his chops more than once. I mean, what does that even mean? (laughs) And his response was? I don't know that he's ever really responded. I mean, I'm assuming that it's about bringing out the best in people. And that's, of course. What, we, that's what we do here. And, you know, Kevin is all sunshine and light as opposed to Mr. Cynical here. And, and it is something different than chief executive officer or president. I mean, first of all, it's the Kevin Eikenberry group. You don't need to be a business strategy genius to figure out that he's the boss. Right. So, you know, call it Fred for all that matters. It's it, it's the job. So I'm not a big fan of titles. Um, right. And, and we know this in our work with leaders. Um, you can be a manager and not be a leader. And you can be a and, leader and not be a manager. Well, and we kind of differentiate that. And maybe folks have heard us talk about this before on the podcast. But there are large L leaders and small L leaders. Okay. And the large L leaders are the ones with the job description. That makes sense. We are leaders. We are senior leaders. We are managers. We are small L leaders are actually far more powerful. These are the people who exhibit leadership behavior. They have influence and potential. They have influence and they make an effort and mm-hmm. they do what they can to make the organization and the people around them better. They exhibit leadership behaviors but they don't have the name tag that says leader. I mean, not to embarrass you, you are a very good example of this. Thank you. I mean, if you look at the org chart of the Kevin Eikenberry group, you know, oh, yeah. you are somewhere between Plankton and Kelp. Absolutely. On the actual food chain. Um, if you look at your importance to the organization, how people respect you, how they work with you, um, you are far more important. Yeah, I lead projects. I don't necessarily lead people i don't have well you don't have anybody that... answering to you we, exactly right but there is no doubt in anybody's mind in this organization that you are a leader mm-hmm. as and, could and, be said of many others of us too well but we hire for that particular trait and you know we teach this stuff it would be really awful if we had a bunch of sheep <laughs> right <laughs> in the organization uh, but to get back to the point of yes. this conversation which is around titles. So what does a chief remote officer ahead of remote? There are a couple of things at this stage. Okay. uh, Of where organizations are. This is a combination of project management. Okay. Because organizations are putting IT decisions in place. Uh, There's HR is updating its policies on performance reviews and mm-hmm. and how we onboard people and all the stuff that HR does. IT is doing its thing. Um, you know, we've got to put the financial processes in place to make sure people get paid and get their taxes taken out and 
you know, their benefits apply and all that good stuff. So there's a lot of moving pieces. And so essentially a good head of remote is the project manager. Okay. For gotcha. this. Um, now, who do they answer to? This Depends is probably a big enough project, but it's a big enough project that in most organizations, they need at least answer to a VP. Mm -hmm. And in a medium-sized or a small organization, they're going to want access to the C-suite. Absolutely. That makes sense. So it's partly project management. And to be really effective, it's also change management. Okay. Which is project management is a piece of that. Change management is largely a people skill. Yes. Yeah, because you have to walk people through those changes. And let's get real, not everybody likes change. Not everybody likes change. You know, it's uh, the who moved my cheese conversation. Yes. Um, but so there is this le very big leader, people leadership piece. There's the project leadership. And then there's the people leadership piece. So, you know, does your organization need a head of remote? Do they need a somebody needs to own it i think okay. in a lot of organizations probably the kinds of organizations the size of organizations that the people listening to this podcast mm -hmm. are in it's probably a project manager piece okay that makes sense and the question then becomes is this a temporary Yes, World. I was going to ask you about that. Like, I know. Get more I, saw normal. The, I saw the. I, saw I the know rushing. you're you're answering all my questions before <laughs> I can ask them. <laughs> We're trying to make this sound like it's an actual conversation. Um, yeah. So you know, is, is this, is this ongoing, a long term? Yeah. I think again, it will depend on the organization. Makes sense. I, you know, because once the pieces are in place, mm -hmm. once we have. An HR policy and a hiring policy and onboarding policy. And, um, you know, we know are people supposed to come into the office X number of days or not? And all that stuff gets figured out. It's pretty much just keeping the plates spin. That makes sense. Now, that is presuming that we reach some kind of stasis. Right. <laughs> right. And some of us that are still trying point, to find the stasis. That at some point we reach something that becomes the new normal, which people have even stopped saying, even as right. just. Like they're beyond hoping that there actually is a new normal. Yes. But at some point, the organization, each organization will reach a point where the music stops and everybody's found their chair. Right. Yeah, we're slowly getting there. And it's going to be longer than people think. Of course. Uh, but at some point, do you does your organization reach a point where, oh, okay, we know how this works. We know what our culture is. We know how we're going to work together. We know how all the different departments fit together. And we're maximizing our people and their ability to have flexible and hybrid work. Mm -hmm. Then does the HR piece of that go back to HR? And right. the IT piece go back, you know, or does that get rolled under something like chief operating officer? Right. Okay. That makes sense. Where, which is a role that already exists that is supposed to do the day-to-day -day operations of the organization. Well, realistically, I guess this stuff fits under there. 
Gotcha. I hadn't thought right? about it like that. But the average chief op chief chief operating officer, mm, Dr. <laughs> Freud to the front desk, please. <laughs> the average chief operating officer, right, um, has enough on their plate that they don't need to be focusing on this specific head of remote role. Gotcha. Right. That person probably logically answers to the COO. That totally makes sense. So this is all part of a larger thing, which is we are, and people are underestimating what a seismic change we've gone through. Yeah. Uh, the world has changed. Completely. It's never going back to what it was. And I know a lot of people want to. And, you know, Boris Johnson can say everybody needs to come back to the city of London. And the mayor of Seattle can say, for the love of God, everybody come back to Seattle. And, you know. It's just not happening. Jamie Dimon can say, if you come into the office, you're great. And if you don't come into the office, you've basically derailed your career. And they can say that all they want. And in certain industries and in certain organizations, that may be true. I think they are just a little late catching up to how seismic the change has been. Yes. But people need leadership to go through this kind of seismic change. They need leadership in terms of providing accountability, right? Who's responsible for this? Right. They need leadership in terms of giving people confidence in the organization that somebody is actually looking at this stuff. Yeah, somebody is advocating for the remote workers. <laughs> and they need they need to feel confident that the information coming from that person is going to be accurate and transparent right. for any of you who are listening to this going, Ooh, I should try to be, you know, I should see if they'll make me chief remote officer, which by the way, I am all about people creating their own job title. Oh yeah. So if you're listening to this and you go, you know what, somebody needs to do this in our organization and I'm that person, God love you. Have at it. And but if you do aware. it successfully, tell us about it. <laughs> yes. we want. That would be a great story. Uh, and one of the hardest parts about that job mm -hmm. is going to be that there is so much uncertainty and ambiguity. Right. There's going to be a lot of, we think this is what's going to happen. And then you get the big reality pie in the face or the technology weren't supported or whatever. And you have to come back to people and go, okay, it's not going to be exactly what we thought. Yeah. You if deserve you the right to change not, your mind. If you are not careful, Mm -hmm. It's very easy to look like you were lying. Yeah. Like you were blowing smoke up people's skirts that you were, you know, trying to not give them the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is sometimes circumstances change and how you communicate that. And this is a whole other topic for a whole other show is communicating change and doing all that good stuff. Of course. But you know, that's going to be the hardest, but yes, you need the project management graphing org chart skills to do the job as a project manager. But the biggest piece is going to be dealing with the ambiguity in a way that still builds trust and buy-in. Okay. That makes sense. So 
if we've established that some organizations or maybe many that don't necessarily think that they need one, um, you know, would benefit from hiring a head of remote, how does somebody go about hiring that position anyway? It's not like we've had this position around for a long time. <sighs> I am not an expert on recruiting. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I really know. Yeah. But okay. it seems to me. Mm -hmm. that it's going to be, you know, you want to cast a wide net. Uh, you may or may not want to offer that position internally first, but it's described the job. It's part project management. It's part change management. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're going to be dealing with this area of the food chain. Uh, we may or may not want you in the office, ironically. Fair. Because of access to the people that you're going to be working with. Well, I'm sure there'd probably be a technology piece along with that too, being, you know, you know having you, some you, knowledge of some technology. It's like stuff. anything else. You lay out the job description and you don't get, must have a master's degree. Forget of that. It's of about hiring for the competencies and the skills, not for the degree, because yes. there is no degree in chief remote officer. Yes. We are actually working with an MBA program at Mount Mercy University, who is now at now, you know, 2022, adding a remote piece in there, mm -hmm. in their MBA. That's fantastic. But nobody has this figured out yet. So quit worrying about degrees and focus on skills and vision. That totally makes sense. And so there you go. That is uh, all the discussion. I love Marissa uh, episodes. Marissa episodes <laughs> are where she comes to me and goes, so I've got these questions. And I go, right? okay. And <laughs> there we go. Uh, that being said, a couple of things. First of all, the book, uh, Long Distance Leader and Long Distance Teammate, and relative to the CHR discussion, the upcoming long distance team is certainly something that you should look into if you haven't read those books yet. Uh, also, if you are looking to develop the leadership skills necessary to lead long distance teams and projects, uh, we would like to recommend shamelessly our remote leadership certificate series. And if you come to kevineikenberry.com or remoteleadershipinstitute.com or even longdistanceworklife.com, we will have a link to that class. It's a six session, two hours a session virtual uh, training program introduction to long distance leadership. We would love for you to join us on that. And we have public programs coming up soon. Marissa, thank you so much. Uh, you know, you know the drill. I, I love Marissa manages our uh, our page, uh, longdistanceworklife.com. Please like and subscribe. Leave uh, comments, reviews. Your questions, by the way, there's a spot on our website where you can submit your questions, which then become Marissa's questions. Uh, it, it's been a blast. Anything you want to say before we hit the road? Uh, the only thing I would also add is that our LinkedIn and email addresses are also in the show notes. And feel free, if you want to, you can also send us questions that way and we'll tackle them in a future episode. 
So that's it. Uh, keep the weasels at bay. Have a wonderful day. We will see you or you will see us on the next episode. Hey.